Hey, I'm Jeffrey Rickman, and this is Plain Spoken. This is a uh, segment I do where I try to explain what's going on in the Methodist world and the world more broadly from a conservative Wesleyan perspective. So this is for conservatives who just want to give hear a voice that uh, talks through things that they care about. This is also for liberals and progressives who want to better understand these just crazy people on the right and how they can justify saying and doing the things that they do. Um, this one, I'm going to start off a little facetiously uh, directing my conservative constituents to uh, the screen where I'm going to direct you to Bishop Carter's instructions to you. You shall obey his edicts. Um, if you are in Western North Carolina and you have been graciously allowed to disaffiliate, it is your job now to obey his commands. Here they are if you missed them. We ask for God's peace in your life. A part of this means you are to fully detach from this connection, an act that you have initiated. You are not to recruit members from United Methodist Churches. You are not to recruit clergy from the Western North Carolina Conference. You are not even to comment on who we are as a church. This will not contribute to your peace. <laughs> to do so will not be easy, but it is essential. And we pledge to you the same. So that's it. That was that was part of a larger address that he gave. They uh, met this last Saturday, November fourth. If if you're watching this later, uh, 2023, and um, they uh, voted on 113 churches to disaffiliate from the United Methodist Church from their annual conference, and so um, it it all went pretty well. I did a segment a few days ago on uh, Thursday. I released about one particular church, Wesley Memorial. Uh, that they were mobilizing, they uh, a, a faction of clergy and retired clergy were uh, mobilizing to try and keep in the fold. Apparently, it had a lot of symbolic value to the conference. Anyway, uh, all 113 got out, but that one squeaked by by a smaller margin. Um, I think I have these numbers here. Uh, okay, so all of them got over 90% votes to disaffiliate. Wesley Memorial only got 78% and Long's Chapel got 85%. So these were the two legacy churches that the conference wanted to keep. Uh, Bishop Carter on the front end knew probably that the votes were going to pass, and he's trying to set the terms of what's going to happen after these churches leave. And he uses—he didn't use language like that throughout the rest of the address. He was very amenable. Um, I don't know why these bishops—it's so odd to me anytime they're trying to do a personal talk— to you, and then they're looking down at their notes the whole time. It's like these bishops, people leading conference liturgies and stuff, they don't have the liturgy memorized for some reason, even though it's like the language of their church, and they're reading from the hymnal, and it's all very stodgy. It's very strange to me how it is that they expect to just like phone it in, reading a script, and then have you buy that that they're being genuine with you. Anyway, um, Carter uh, uses very firm language here that you are not to steal their sheep. You are not to uh, take their clergy or their churches, and you are not even to talk about how you experienced their church being while you were in it. Now, it's odd to me that he speaks in these terms because 
from what I can understand, he has no enforcement mechanism. And of course, they're leaving the authority structure where he gets his authority. But, you know, it's really weird. He speaks in these terms and then he says, that will not bring you peace, which is kind of a creepy way. I mean, it could be interpretive of, I'm going to make your life miserable. I don't know what he could do to make their life miserable, but uh, odds are there's going to be a couple churches that try him or clergy that try him. You know, the the metaphor of a girlfriend breaking up with a boyfriend is apt, you know? So if a boyfriend and a girlfriend have a dysfunctional relationship and one is standing between them and the door saying, you will do this, this, and this, or I won't let you go, once they finally get free... If the boyfriend who's blocking the door says, and you're not going to tell them how mean I was to you, you're not going to tell them about the fights we got in, that's crazy. That is dysfunctional crazy. That is, uh, (laughs) no. Um, Here's the thing. When someone has been bad to you, it just doesn't magically disappear when the relationship is over. Rather, there has to be a time of healing. There has to be a time of processing, and it's impossible to process and heal silently. We are verbal creatures, so in order to do those things, we have to talk about what we've experienced. That's a big part of what I'm doing here on Plain Spoken, and it's not, oh, look at these nasty, evil people. Doesn't it feel good to just uh, disrespect them now that we aren't with them anymore? It's more like, hey, we were in a really bad situation for a really long time, And now we're trying to move on with our lives, but we don't know what that looks like. So let's get clear on what was wrong from where we came from so that we don't reproduce that where we're going. So I'm sure there are just some nasty people that like saying nasty things, but to to determine that people cannot talk in in certain terms is very controlling. I think it has a, a, a fundamentally misunderstood notion of what's going on here. And again, I think it projects his own feelings or the institution's own feelings or liberals' own feelings onto conservatives. Um, Liberals do indeed cast aspersions at conservatives who just couldn't stand to be in a relationship with them. So I I perused all the different memes that I've saved. I decided just to focus on uh, one. Here's one by Jeremy Smith from this last week. I The meme is from the Loki show, and the most offensive thing about this meme actually is that he's calling on the Loki show because it is uh, empirically an awful show. (laughs) Marvel is just trash. It's terribly written, Uh, but apparently uh, there was a recent episode where Loki is um, uh, in dialogue with this woman character being facetious. He's saying, you know, he's, he's representing the UMC in this meme. Sure, burn it down. Easy. Annihilating is easy. Raising things to the ground is easy. And then this female character says, and she represents the GMC, trying to fix what's broken is hard. And the UMC says, hope is hard. And then, of course, you know you know which side is right. Uh, we Christians know that you know faith, hope, and love are the greatest Christian virtues, and the greatest of these is love, but hope is right behind it. Hope, is, hope springs eternal. Hope is absolutely core and key to the faith. And these GMC people... They don't have hope. They're just burning everything to the ground because they're hopeless. It's just a it's it's a disingenuous way to portray the people who are leaving you. You know, you don't get to abuse your girlfriend for months and years, and then when she leaves, just go. You just didn't have enough hope. You know, that's 
that's what an abuser says, you know. So is it, the failure is not on the person who is leaving. The failure is on the person who made the house so hostile that they had to leave. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, if you don't know United Methodist history, in 2019, we had a once and for all meeting where we, we decided what our sexual ethic was going to be. And after years of prayer and fasting on the part of the whole denomination, the faction that lost, the left-leaning faction, the liberal faction, refused to go. And they were nasty about it, and they made it so intolerable that we had to go. We paid all kinds of money. We went through a labyrinthine system. We got all kinds of accusations of misinformation and character assassination thrown at us, and we made it through. And now what's being said is, you can't talk about it, and, and we won't talk about it either. How about that? Well, no, because you are talking about it. There's There's... There are plenty, I mean, maybe Carter's not talking about it, but there are plenty of people, liberals in the church, institutionalists in the church, that are regularly talking about it. This is not a deal you can offer or make good on. So it just seemed so silly and kind of childish um, for him to do this. I did a segment, uh, oh, I already talked about that on uh, Thursday of last week, and I took it down. I I recently reposted it. If you want to see all the underhanded things that took place uh, in the lead-up to this conference where they're trying to hold on to these two churches. I only spoke to the one, but I, I got a hold of the email that was being circulated around with the specific allegations that didn't hold water. When you see things like what happened in Arkansas, not just around Jonesboro at the first annual conference, but things that happened around a lot of other churches over time and the way that conference officials got involved there, there's been so much bad behavior and there continues to be. There are more special called conferences coming up over the coming weeks. In less than two weeks, North Georgia has a called uh, conference coming up where there's been all kinds of shenanigans going on, and we're just not supposed to talk about that, you see. It's not a realistic way to go through the world. Now, we can hope that people are going to be honest in their talking. We can hope that people are going to be constructive and point people in a good direction in their talking, but to hope that we just move on and don't even talk about what we've been through is so asinine and silly. I can't believe that that grown-ups talk about it. I failed to, to point out the actual website with the results of the votes. Uh, they released this, I think, just today. Today is uh, Monday the 6th. That's right, two days after the vote. And um, you'll see the margin by which most passed. Um, I was sure that they were going to use the delay to justify something weird, and I was very relieved to be wrong on that count. They let the churches go. I uh, I took my original video down because Wesley Memorial uh, communicated with me and said that they thought it wasn't helpful, and I told them I thought they were wrong. But look, they made it out, and it would seem I was wrong on that count as well. And so I, I would like to think that I can be wrong sometimes and admit it and that uh, the, the broader picture of what I'm talking about still holds up. What, what's to be done with this information for right now? One is rejoice with the churches that were able to get free. And um, if you are friends with the people there, I would urge you to urge them to process what they've been through, especially if they're joining the Global Methodist Church, because I don't want the Global Methodist Church to reproduce what we've been through. Uh, pray for their healing. Pray for reconciliation with the United Methodist Church. I think that'd be wonderful in the future. Um, also, I'd direct you, I'm about to publish a video. Warren Latham, 
who is conservative, he wrote on the nature of church membership and disaffiliation and this concern of sheep stealing. And I think this is something that we need to talk about. I've seen Bishop Olivito uh, post on Twitter. I've seen another bishop talk about um, sheep stealing as well. It's something that UMC institutionalists are very concerned about. And once again, it shows a, a real lack of self-awareness. The notion is that the GMC is using misinformation and manipulative tactics to steal out from under their noses what rightfully belongs to the United Methodist Church. And there's not an acknowledgement. There's like this, this rabid denialism that they have been bad covenant partners. They've been bad household sharers, and that what is driving them into the arms of the GMC is not ma manipulation and dishonesty. It is um, people feeling like they have been coerced into a dysfunctional, unhealthy relationship and wanting to get out and wanting to be free. There will be a lot of people that leave United Methodist Churches to go to Global Methodist Churches in big urban areas, and it's generally not going to be because the Global Methodist Church pastors are making, um, uh, wooing them, trying to get them. It's just going to be because that's where they want to be. People want to be in a church. A lot of people want to be in a church where when they open the Bible, they don't feel like they're lying or wrangling it or twisting it, forcing their way into the kingdom. They, they want to be in a church where they can hear a hard word, where the words sin and damnation and, and punishment and shame, these things all apply in very real and valid ways and where we are given a path towards salvation that is not affirming of self, but affirming of God in self. This is all... I wish that we could reorient that that the institution that liberals could reorient and acknowledge that the whole thing couldn't hold together and then decide to be magnanimous and it's just so 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 disappointing that at every turn the leadership seems to be just utterly incapable of any kind of self-reflection any kind of humility and instead uses bully tactics even at the last minute to convey that they're somehow being we are somehow being immature or unholy if we decide to talk about what we've been through when we get out. You know, keep that shame to yourself. Um, for me and mine, we're going to process what we've been through. Now, we're going to try and be fair. You know, with Jeremy Smith's meme, I think it's unfair. I can articulate why that is. What's going to happen? There's Some people are going to be petty, and they're going to create memes and pass it around. Other people are hopefully going to be less petty and kind of talk about, okay, here's how this is true. Here's how that's false. Um, we're going to decide now uh, that some people are free and on the outside how it is that we're going to reckon with the last couple decades, and uh, I'll be a small part of that, it looks like. I'm not going to be shamed into being silent, you know. Yes, I chose to leave, but I still care, and we're all still connected. You know, what the United Methodist Church does affects Methodism broadly, and that's something that I'm interested in and very much invested in. So I'm going to continue to talk about you. And you know what? Y'all talk about me. Talk about the Global Methodist Church. Talk about the things that you like and that you're glad for. Talk about the things you really don't like and you're glad that you don't have in the UMC. And we will sift through this, and there will be a future where there isn't animosity. There's clarity about who we are, who we're going to be, what we want to do. All right, that's my reflection for today. Uh, don't send Carter any hate. I'm sure he's already gotten enough. Just, you know... Be clear in your head where you're at. 
If, uh, if you think mine is a helpful voice, go ahead and subscribe if you haven't already. Share my stuff, especially with people in Western North Carolina. I, I think it's important for people to, to tell the stories of what's happened. And then if you want to support me and my work here, you can go to plainspoken.locals.com. Uh, I, I don't take any money for myself. This just supports this effort I'm eventually hoping to hiring people on and, and get more gear. So uh, anyway, my church pays me enough, but not to do that. So anyway, thanks for uh, spending time with me. I'll see you later.